Rob, could you do me a favor? Could you get me some tea? Yeah. Right, thanks. Think about it. Think about it. Get me some too. Yeah. yeah, can you serve everyone? <laughs> So you didn't miss much the last day and a half day. Yeah, have you listened to the website? Is that a bit slack? Yeah, yeah, I helped Rob. Oh, oh, you're the designer. Oh, great, yeah. great. He's my brother. Oh, all right. So you know a little bit about it, too. We were, I wanted to share about something that happened last night. We left the meeting here, and we were, we were gonna we we're driving, and we wanted to get something to eat, so we we're gonna go to this Thai place, and uh, we exmate that, and then we went to this place, Shama, right? Shama on some street, I don't know where it is. Late at night, tons of people there and stuff. So we're walking in, and there's this really burly guy, really big guy, a lot of tats and everything, and he's staring at me as I'm coming in. I looked like a, like a bouncer or something. So I, I looked at him, and he just keeps staring at me. And he goes, I know you. I'm going, Jesus Christ. Do I owe money or something? I don't know. So I says, I know you from, from uh, recovery from San Francisco. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I used to, go, I used to see you talk and everything. I go, oh. he says, I just, I said, what are you doing here? He says, oh, I just moved from, I moved from San Francisco, Kentucky, and I just moved to Toronto last month, and he had another guy from the program there, and, you know, it just blows my mind. You know, we were talking about coincidences in AA, it's just like, that's how, that's how God stays anonymous, is through coincidences. So, it was just... It was just incredible, you know, the timing. Like someone was talking about the impeccable timing for that to occur. That someone who I don't even, didn't even remember. I just and then it came to me. I, then I remembered him. That here's this guy from San Francisco. I moved out of San Francisco. Mostly live in oh, north of there now. He moved to Kentucky. Then we we verge we converge in Toronto on a Friday night on this very busy road at a freaking Syrian. Syrian little hole in the wall restaurant called Shama. And then you don't see the majesty of mind? That something else is going on here? A lot of times, unbeknownst to us, that there's all this other stuff happening that has a huge influence, and then it, it basically. We said we tend to see it when after it comes out of the oven, you know, and it's it's baked. We never see how it's being formulated and everything. How they study about uh, that guy talked about Ramesh Balsakar earlier. He had a book called Who Cares, and he talked about uh, the law of probability, which was really trippy. He talked about uh, uh, dog bite reports in New York City. Yeah, for ten years dog bite report in New York City, every year there would be like maybe 42.3 dog bites reported in New York City. And the gauge was always between like 42.3 to 45 dog bites. Ten different years, basically the exact same amount of dog bites reported reported in New York City. 
that they had a 10-year study in, in uh, the United Kingdom, and the percentage of murders, homicides, was the exact, basically the exact same every year. Out of all those people, yeah, and you see all these random events, all these consequential situations, all these things that all we're thinking about is at a very small level, me and you, and then this other thing going on, which they would call it the law of probability, reigning supreme on all the activity underneath it. Yet no knowledge that that's like going on. Just like all casinos are built on that. The house never loses, right? They can have tons of winners come in, but the house never loses. It's the law of probability. Yeah? So it, what looks like it's chaos, it, there isn't chaos. There's order in all the chaos. And, it, you, and it's not just, just one level. It's so like we were talking about the other day. There's the there's the house that you see you that you you seem you're in. You feel like you're paying the rent. You owe owe it a mortgage, and now you want to get out of it. But there's a blueprint room where the house was going to get built. Now we're not aware of that, so we end up waking up and we're already the resident in a place and in circumstances we don't want to be in. And it's a lot easier to get out of a house that you're not in than to ever, ever get a house that you have a mortgage on, yeah? Or a five-year lease, you know? Or where you have your Tempur-Pedic bed in, yeah? Or you got all your paintings and all your valuables and all your belongings in that house. It's very difficult to leave. But if you traced it back, everything, all the situations and circumstances we find ourselves in, if you, if you investigate, you invariably found, find that you made a decision, the mind made a decision through selfing, that put you in this position. Yeah? In other words, the selfing is like the birth canal for what's happening to us now. If self-centeredness is the program, the basic common program that's running most of our ways of looking at life, then it's the birth canal for what we're taking to be so. But it's not so. It appears to be so. Yeah? That same birthing could be from some other center point. It could be a different birth canal. Instead of self-centeredness, let's say it's becoming from centeredness, and then things would show up or look totally different than they look. Even if it was the exact circumstances, there would be something different in it. And the difference would be in how you were traveling through it. Yeah? And, if you, and if you realize, instead of praying and hoping that everything would get light, if you were the lightness, if you were the light that was brought to the situation, you would see that's what you were really looking for. Yeah? Not to get have mercy of having life ease up on you, but to be the thing that allows that to be seen. Yeah? Because everything here is addition subtraction. Everything is meaning being given or taken away. Everything is appearing or disappearing. There's nothing that's so here except the space that it's appearing in. Yeah? It, I don't. It, it influences the outcome because the outcome of selfing is there's the feeling of being a self. That's where it truly influences the outcome of selfing. The outcome of selfing, the birthing of the self, is is interrupted. Yeah. So the that the 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 gestation and the and let's say the intercourse occurs, but there's no birth. So it's going through its pantomime. Of, of making the self, but a self never becomes an influential aspect anymore. You're traveling lighter. You're out from the bondage to that self. So if everyone can hold their questions left after the talk, that would be great. Yeah?
So in a way, it's not about <coughs> diminishing the influence of selfing. It's just not becoming the product of the selfing. It's still going to be it's still going to be informing you of how things were, how things may be, and how things and how you are. But if you've lost interest in it, it doesn't couple. It doesn't sort of have the because it can only it can only offer. The mind makes the leap. Yeah, it can only insinuate. It's like it's almost like whispering some like uh, treachery in, in the in the court or the in, you know the kingdom. But it's, there's nothing really going on. If the king doesn't listen to it, it does. It just passes away like smoke. Yeah, it's inferring. It's implying all this intrigue, but nothing's actually going on. It's when you get invested in it, you're the one that ties all the knots. Yeah. You ever see those movies where the person is going in a movie and all this stuff's happening? People that they know are dying, and at the end, it's revealed that they've been doing all the killing. It's a really, it's a real, it's a rude awakening, you know. They realize they they see the situation and they had a different story, and suddenly they see it back and they see themselves killing the person. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> Oops, yeah, you know. It's sort of like that in a way. <laughs> it's really, I don't like that term empowering because it's been used for so much stuff. But it's incredibly empowering. You come out of that sense of victimhood that things are being done to you. You know, against your wishes. It can look like that, but in a deep sense, it's not so. Yeah? It's very, it's, it's incredibly, being incredibly responsible, in a sense. You have to respond to an, an amazing ability you have that through this expression, Meaning is being given, yeah, and it goes basically in two different paths, and a lot of degrees in between, which is heavy in length, yeah. And in a sense, in a way, you're either dying as the self all day, or you're dying to the self, yeah. Dying as the self, you're taking, you you have devotion to the thought system, you're believing its its conception, its assumption, yeah, and you're at prey to all of its little whims. You're living as a time creature. Your value system is totally bereft of any value of now, but there and then is so important. And you're dying, basically. You're dying to the self. You're dying as that self, yeah? Or you're dying to the self, and it's just a metaphor, because there's no self to die to. But that dying to the self is that you have an immunity to the thought system. You're not buying, you're not making the leap anymore, yeah? It's not like seeing it and then suddenly you're looking from it. It's just seeing it. And there's no leap into the next position, the mental position of I'm now looking from what at one point I was seeing, which is I was seeing the selfie, now I'm the self. You know, how did that happen? I'm seeing the thing and now I'm the one that's doing it. Yeah? So there's, this, there's, a, there's an interruption in that. With that interruption, there can be a free sample. The sample drops in it can change everything at that moment, or it may start some, a process in a way where the mind gets gets recalibrated. Maybe it has to get nudged a few more times, and then as soon as there's a point where the stock, 51% of the stock goes to one side, it's a done deal. Yeah, you have an immunity. 
you start relying on that immunity, you're now weed off of that, I've got to know, I've got to know, I've got to know, and you realize you have the ability to find out, and you're just more open and flexible, because you're just rolling with the punches, instead of trying to predict the punches, you know, from the past punches you thought you had, and the future punches you think you're going to receive, you're now, now you've given up that predicting, and you're just rolling with what's happening, yeah, just like when you travel here. I travel here, I stay with people's, people's houses over there, and then I go to New Jersey, I stay with other people, and then I go to Philadelphia, I stay with other people. I, it's like past like a baton, you know? And then I go home. You know what I mean? I'm getting older, you just got to roll with it. I like my own bed, I like my little Tempur-Pedic pillow at home. I rather, you know, I like surfing, I like to have my own car, I like to choose my own food, all this stuff. But that's not how it is, so you flow with it. Or not. If you don't flow with it, you're going to suffer. Yeah, that's it. You'll get stuck. And as soon as you get stuck, things coagulate around you. As soon as you take a position, things coagulate around you. It's like that water. There's running water, and there's currents. Life has currents. There's running water. Okay, now you place a rock in that running water. It changes the current of the water. Yeah? That position changes the current of water. Now some of the current water starts circulating around the rock. As the water is moving, a lot of things are moving with the water. Leaves and little twigs and paper and stuff. And now, instead of just keep on going, they start going around the rock and they get stuck on the rock. They get caught with some of these little conceptual angles. Yeah? And they get caught and now the water is still flowing, but now there's leaves and there's twigs, and more mass is being built, and now you can't even see the water. And it slows, and now there's stagnant water. You ever see the difference between stagnant water and running water? It's usually different. One's putting off negative ions, the stagnant water isn't putting off negative ions. Yeah. Once, in a sense, in the water world, that would be like the sense of presence is the negative ions, and then the stagnancy is not producing or open to that sense of presence. Yeah? It's stuck. And now you can't even see the surface of the water. You're seeing leaves and twigs and this. And then from the point of view of the rock, you start bitching about the leaves and the twigs. You don't realize it's your position that's attracting them. The water isn't bringing you the leaves and the twigs. It's just moving like everything else moves. But now it's got stuck. It came around the rock. It can't get out of the gravitational pull. That's what the idea of thoughts and my thoughts. The my is the gravitational pull of the thoughts. The thoughts have no pull. They're not, there's no energy in the thought. They're a conveyor or a vehicle. The mind injects the meaning into them. So that's so the gravitational pull is the planet Paul that's keeping everything in this orbit. Yeah. If you want to change the solar system, you don't go to Pluto. You go to the sun. Yeah. And we're like a false sun. We're reflecting the real sun, and we're like a moon masquerading as a sun. And we believe all these planets are circling us. And we have to have, it's yeoman's work to keep the gravitational pull going because we don't have that mass of the sun. We don't have that juice and it's exhausting. So when the center of the system of self-centeredness is this, drops out, what happens? The system is still a system but now it's centered. Yeah? It's, it expands. And just like in, in physics, if they, when they look at a nucleus and an electron, all there is is space, basically. There's just two points of mass with tons of space. And they think, and science always wants to look at the mass, but the real, the real atom is space. Yeah? With these two little points to play a little magnet, magnetizing activity. But the real 
space, the real, what's really happening here is the space. Yeah? To me, that's the positiveness. That's the reality. And your mind is space. Yeah? Imminent and with tons of potential. Everything can arise in it and everything can disappear in it. But whatever arises and disappears, it's like the sky. Clouds come and go in the sky, but they don't leave a mark on the sky, do they? When it rains, does the sky get wet? When a bird takes a shit, does it land on the sky? Or does it land on your car? Yeah? Which one? If there's 4th of July explosions, is the sky ever ripped open? Is there a big hole in the sky when a big boom occurs? When the explosion goes, it has this little thing that dissipates and it's like it never happened. That's exactly what mind is like. Everything is occurring. It makes its big little noise. Hoo-hoo, heralding the next worry, you know, the next experience. And then it just peters out. And then what's there was always there. Just, just like an incredible huge bowl receiving every kind of soup but never being affected by any of the soups that it carries. Yeah, just, that's the way it is. And that's our mind. Why not let a little of that drop into your living here? Instead of being a content in the soup, realize that you're the bowl in a sense. Yeah? So that sky-like, th- that sky-like mind is such a beautiful metaphor for it. Because if you look at it, when we, when we describe the sky, we're usually describing what's in the sky, right? The clouds. That's not the sky. You can't really describe the sky. You call it blue, but that's that's just a uh, color shade the mind's projecting on it. It's just space, isn't it? It's just space. Yet in that space, every, all this stuff can happen in it. And yet it doesn't leave a freaking trace. Wouldn't you love to have that where when something occurred, it would be done with? And there would be a moving to a next thing that's occurring. And you'd be sort of contemporary. Your hand would be, your attention would be on the pulse of life. Not on, not on a freaking interpretation. Yeah? You'd be there just sensing what's happening, happening, happening. And after a while, sensing what's happening, 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 sooner or later the attention would go on what's sensing it. Not so much what's being sensed, but what's actually sensing everything. What actually, whatever comes through, it's like when you're at a cafe, like we were at that dark horse yesterday. I like it, they have that big window. Yeah? So you're sitting there, a person shows up for about, and then walks, it took eight seconds to go by, I counted it. And so that person I may never see again. So there's the person, I see it. They have a whole world going on, they're busy going somewhere else, they're probably going to a different coffee shop, whatever. And then it ends, yeah? But what's still there is the window and what's seeing through it, yeah? Then another person came, and maybe eight people at the same time. Can, can fill in as many as you want. Yeah? Yet there's this one st- stable thing, and the window could have been removed and the wall been put up, but the real stable thing was what was seen. Yeah? If there was the opportunity to see, there it was. Yeah? If the wall was built up, I'd be seeing the wall, just like I was seeing those people. Yes? That thing never changes. As long as you're alive, that seeing is the basis of your life. No matter how bad it looks or how good it looks, that's the basis of it, is the seeing. Yeah? That thing isn't coming or going. That thing isn't interrupted by whatever appears in it. That thing doesn't go, whew, I missed that. Yeah? It doesn't miss anything. It's always available at all times. It's like a searchlight that never is, is, is searching at the exact same time, 360 degrees. It's not like a lighthouse. It's like, 
light spread everywhere, seeing at all times, infinitely. Yeah. Can you imagine if some of that would influence your little experience here? It doesn't need to experience influence your state. You are that state. Its value actually here shows up in your experience. It infuses a different parameter. It infuses a different frame around what's defining your experience. So now your experiences have a flavor that they didn't have before. Instead of being vehicles to get to this mythical sense of something, you have the sense of something right in that experience, whatever that experience may be. Always available at all times. So the experience isn't like a stairway to heaven and you're trying to rush up. You know, you're there. Yeah. In that experience is what every, and every experience is what you're looking for. It's in every freaking experience, and it's what's looking. It's not to be seen in the experience because it's not an experience. It's what's looking. Yeah. Must have been what I ate. Fired me up. (laughs) That spicy. The spices got me. This is when in the past it'd be like good to have a sword, you know? (laughs) Cut my head off and other people's head off. I'd take mine first. (laughs) Cut the heads off, let them roll, and you'd still be there. (laughs) And then see who picks up which head, you know? (laughs) Just let them roll. So these little things like last night. Some people would say, what does it mean? To me, I see the magic, an incredible magic in that event. You know, that there's some dude that I met years ago in San Francisco, and somehow in this huge game board, we're strategically placed on a Friday night in Toronto to run into each other. Give me a break. You don't see magic in that? Oh, it's, it's so boring. I think it's pretty, it's, to me, that's like the tickling of that intimacy. It's just whispering to me, you know. Behold, behold, you know. Behold what can be seen from a, a large, a, a higher perch, so to speak. Yeah. And then yet, it just intimates, and the response is just honor. You know, just honor it. It's just incredible. And two years, three years ago, we were here doing a talk. You know, I was with my friend Europe, and then suddenly this lady comes running into the dark horse. I think maybe it's the dark vortex of the dark horse. She runs into the dark horse and she runs up and starts hugging me. She's a lady that used to go to talks in San Francisco, haven't seen in five years. She saw me from the cable car, walking into the dark horse, got off the cable car, ran down the street and ran in and said hello to us. Give me a break. To me, I think that's fucking pretty magical. You know, the things like that happen. You're like little, hey, you know, get it. You know, get it. Why do you want this neutered? Why do you want it stale? Why do you want to know? It's so much more fun to be in the I don't know. Then I can really surprise you. You know what I mean? If, if you know, it's, it may hurt when I surprise you. When it, when it downloads, you may really, it may be a rude awakening because you're rigid, yeah? You have to be a little more flexible. So why not just entertain? You don't know what the hell's going on here, yeah? And if you did, it would be past time already. So your knowledge would be old. It wouldn't be applicable to now anyway. So finding out is the way to go. Yeah. And that the mind wants to know. It wants to be right and it wants to be special.
For that, it has to be unique, and separation has to be the reality. Yeah? For you to be unique, you have to be in separation. It scares the shit out of it. But the funny thing is, when you realize that you're not an individual, you act more like an individual than ever. Yeah? The mind's given license to, to go. Any questions today? You're going to have to feed me some good ideas. Cause to me, again, I always say this when I'm here. This is a message. It's an invitation, not a dissertation. It doesn't have to be drawn out in a huge amount of time. It can happen like that. Because it's not of time. Remember, it's not of time. Not of time. More isn't better, necessarily, with this. More can be more... Uh, it can be more disguising than anything. If something hits you, let's say if there's an aha, you don't want to pour more ahas on it. Let that one aha reverberate and see what it does. Let it have a little... Instead of like, there's the pond and a rock hits it and you see one ring, don't keep throwing more rocks. Let the one ring go for a while. Yeah, it's going to go... It's going to, over, it's going to go all across the extent of the surface of the water if you let it. If you throw some more rocks in, it's confusing. All these circles run into each other. You don't know what's going on. The one rock, you ever see it? it you, usually, if it's not too big a space, it just keeps going. That's why they have a swell in Japan and it hits the coast of California. The reverberation of the water. So why not let it do that? Let it have this thing. So it's not about time. It's not about more. It's not about quantity. It's all about mind. The message has no meaning except what the mind gives it. This message can trigger the mind to entertain something, but it's the mind that delivers the goods, not the message. Yeah, I've seen this message heard, and uh, it's like I did a talk the other day, and for an hour. I hope the person's not going to be hearing this. So. Too bad. Given a talk and uh, talking about this uh, this addiction to the idea of being self for about an hour and fifteen minutes, and the person was sitting right in front of us at the meeting, and. Uh, Finished the t- basically finished the talk and I had some questions and the, he asked me, "Can you talk on addiction?" And I was like, "I just what happened for an hour and fifteen minutes, basically, you know." And I was thinking, "How could it get from here? It's only like four feet of distance. <laughs> How could it be transformed into stat so quickly, you know?" Hour and a half. Can you please talk about? It? I didn't talk about addiction, you know. It just blows my mind. So it's never the message. Yeah, this message, you don't know what, I don't know what you're going to make of it. I really don't. And that's not my jurisdiction. My jurisdiction, my issue assignment is to share it. Whatever happens after it's out of here, it's not on me. It never was anyway, but, you know, because I found people come up to me and they tell me, I really like what you said, and then they tell me what they thought I said, and it was nothing, I wasn't thinking I was meaning that at all when it was said. So, you know, this place has been so subjectified. You're going to have your own experience. This message can be overridden by the mind. No matter how noble you think the message is, it cannot stand up to the mind's perusal. The mind can make it into something. It's the point is, if you can allow it to get in, yeah, and just entertain the possibility, that's all. It's not signing up to a giant program. It's just entertaining the possibility. Check it out. When someone says, hey, you're not that, what's that be? You know, or... You know, I'm giving everything all the meaning it has. Oh, what's that? 
I'm the dreamer of this dream, and I've given everything I could, all the power to affect me. Hey, that sounds pretty good. I feel like that's been the what, how my life has gone. Yeah, that is projection, not perception. Projects, per- perceptions comes after projection. So the mind projects, and then the apparatus perceives. That makes sense. That hits me. So this is what happens. You entertain what's offered, and then it's like that stone hits, and it reverberates. Yeah, and that reverberation we felt. And this, its effects will be shown in your life. Yeah? You'll see the fruit by the tree, and you'll know the tree by the fruit. And if you travel lighter, then just keep entertaining this possibility that you've been offered. Yeah? So, at questions, yes, you gotta prime the pump. Mm-hmm. Run low, yeah. Um, what would you say with respect to um, desire and. No spiritual awakening or, or a recognition of this. Like the, the, our desires and obstacles. Just um, from my understanding, a lot of you know, spiritual teachings talk about um, or discuss desire being uh, a hindrance to recognition of this. I think it can be both. Okay. At one point, the desire is valuable. It may motivate the mind to look another way. And then there's a point where the desire becomes a disservice. All because of the meaning the mind gives it. Remember, everything's a vehicle for the mind's meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So there's tools that you use, like in people I know in recovery, they have tools, but then there's sometimes you hit a point where they overuse the tools. So they do inventories, and then they get sort of uh, hyper... Uh, Obsessed about inventories. Now they're, they're writing down every minutia of you know what they think they did that day, and it gets a little too overbearing. You got to just let the aperture open up. Yeah. So at, at one point, the inventory is helpful. It reveals something about the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then after you've seen the beast, stop looking at it so much. <laughs> you get it. You know. As soon as you see its little tail, you know the whole thing. Like in in your life expression, do you? still have desires or preferences, things that you enjoy from a... Like, I know there's no personal sense of self, like you're talking about your... Oh, for sure. Your pillow, for example, right? Yeah, I prefer it was 4 o'clock right now. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer that I had a benefactor that I didn't have to come here and talk. So I love now when I'm here, I love it, because I like a lot of people here. But I don't rather, I'd rather not travel. I'd rather have it always sunny and, and surf like 3 to 5 feet with a south swell and I'm healthy enough to surf for me sure that happens but thank god there's no one there that wants it because that one would be really pissed off (laughs) being in Toronto (laughs) seeing snow today and it's 77 degrees at my home (laughs) yeah I'd be really pissed (laughs) that's it so yeah there's desires and preferences just like breathing keeps occurring, yeah, the mental process keeps occurring. The selfing keeps occurring. Preferences occur. Things occur. But it's like, like Ramana Maharshi said once in one of his writings. He says, you don't have to give up possessions. Just give up the possessor. So you don't have to give up desires. Just give up the one who thinks it's desiring. Yeah? It's much faster that way. Then you realize stuff is just being produced 
by a, a, like a process. It's not coming from you. You're, it's not issuing forth from you. Yeah. yeah? So, see, if you're not the doer, first of all, all guilt and shame rests on the branch of doership. Yes, yeah? yeah? You can't have guilt and shame or pride and stuff like that unless there's a sense of doership. Yeah? yeah. That's the whole point. So we're questioning, are you the doer? Are you the thinker? If you're not, you'll, be, you'll travel looser. Yet there'll be preferences and desires and likes and dislikes and stuff like that. Too. Yeah. That's the flavor of life. You'd be, it'd be like eating stale bread every day. Oh, I don't need, desire anything. Just, just give me, you know, feed me through the nose and, you know, <laughs> put me, give those wood shoes to me and just a hair, you know, mohair shirts. It's fine. Give, you know, I'll sleep standing up. It's okay. I'm, I'm totally detached. It's not like that at all. You know that. It's, it's, it's just, it's just the way. It's not like the the selfing always wants to throw us off the track, the trail. It's sort of like Dracula, and he's willing to go out and hunt vampires with other, you know, with like Van Hel- Van Helsing, the Doctor Van Helsing. He wants to join the vampire hunt because it, it's it. It shades him from investigation. Yeah? So, okay, it's desires. If I didn't have desires, I'd be fine. No, you wouldn't. Yeah? You wouldn't be fine. Yeah? If I just, if I wasn't attached. No. You know? You're looking at the, you're looking under the wrong rock. It's just who thinks they have the desire? Who thinks they're attached or detached? Yeah? Both of them are bonding mechanisms. Being detached as a self is just as bonding as being as attached as a self. Yeah, it, it, it seems like there's not a lot of. Um, I'm fine with this, but it doesn't seem like there's any free will. It appears that there's choice, but who's choosing? Like a, yeah, yeah. Things just seem to arise yeah. spontaneously. Yeah, and it only seems that it's during that claiming or that sense of the doership that it becomes problematic for this one. Yeah, exactly. So, well, what I say to people if they feel like they have ex- free will exerted, you know, do the next right thing. There can be the sense of free will in, 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 in that space of determinism. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So the people, again, you're getting off the... Tr- to me, that it's all like trying to get you on a sidetrack. Yeah? The thing is very clever. and, and uh, in, in AA recovery, we call it it's, uh, it's, it's cunning, baffling, and something else, alcoholism. You know? it's, a tricky, it's a tricky activity because it wants to keep your attention off of it. Yeah, so it'll throw it on desires or this or my health or I'm not I haven't done enough yogic postures or this and that to keep you off the thing. But basically, all trails lead to that, and that there is no that where it leads to. Yeah, it's like going when you when you peel an onion, there is no center. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, and it, what happens with this mental onion? It'll just keep pro- producing more skin. So you keep peeling, and you think you've gotten to your authentic self, and then there's nothing there. Oh, you got to go deeper. There's nothing there. Get it the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. You know? It's like this. If you're, let's say, a snake and a snake, we're going to look at an event. Snakes molt skin, right? That's what they do. So here's the snake, and here's the skin. Now, the skin seems to be bonded to the snake, but it's not actually the snake, you know. It really isn't, but it's seems to be the snake. We take it to be the snake, but in fact, it can lose its skin and it's still a snake. Yes? It molts it. So here's the skin, here's the snake. So let's say, this, we're going to look at it from two, uh, an event molting or when they shed the skin from two different positions, mental positions. From the skin's position, yeah? 
It has a sense that it's going to be, you know, dropped off the snake, and it's scared shit because it's been saying it's the snake for quite a long time. So it's telling the snake, get a lot of moisturizer, don't go out in the sun. It's trying to delay the inevitable of the skin falling off, and it's flipping out. It's running tons of things. Don't know, look at this, it's that, it's this, it's that. If you didn't go out anymore, this would be uh, like this, yeah? Trying to throw it off the thing. Now, and it's very, very anxious because it knows well, it's, it, it knows it's not the snake. It's been assuming to be the snake, inferring it's the snake, saying it's totally a necessity of the snake, yeah? But it knows it's not. So it's scared. It's scared. The whole system is frightened of coming to its, its end, yeah? From the snake's point of view, it's a great situation. Skin's looking bad. It's rough. It doesn't like the color anymore, it's faded, and it's going to be rubbed off, yeah? So from the snake's point of view, hey, this is a great event, great event for celebration. From the skins, it's like apocalyptic. That's exactly what's happening here. There's one, there's the view of the selfing that's telling you, forbidden, don't go there, don't look here, keep doing that, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's that, yes? It's doing all it can to keep its little it's a little like heist position. And then there's the mind's inevitability that it's, it's going to, it's, this little snake is going to end, the skin's going to end sooner or later. It's finite, yeah? It's sort of like a uniform, but that it keeps preaching that it's the skin, yeah? The uniform can come off and be replaced by another uniform. But to the, what each uniform in selfing thinks it's the skin, yeah? But it's going to be sloughed off and the snake's going to be so much better for it, it's going to travel lighter, with the new skin, yes? That's the whole point. So this is what's happening all day. There's points of view being offered. You can look at one or another. One has a lot of different ones. The other one, the one from sendedness, doesn't have much variation. It's just a clear, perceived, uh, spacious view, yeah? The other one takes a lot of positions to hide its little smallness, yes? wears a lot of coats, does a lot of things. The other thing's just incessantly on, just seeing. Yeah? That's what happens all day. Yeah? This can have an influence, will allow you to travel lighter through all the different uniforms you go on in your life and through all your days. Or, this can be dominant, and for this to be dominant, it has to totally deny that. Yeah? It can include it as a goal, or someday I want to find it, or this and that, but its relevance will be neutered completely in the moment this is supreme. It has to, or this wouldn't be able to be looking supreme. It cannot, this cannot brook the sense of this. So the presence has to seem absent for the absence to seem present. It has to. Yeah? Now, in the presence, what's absent is seen to be, is, is realized to be absent, but it can seem to be present. It doesn't matter. Yeah? But to this, this cannot seem to be present, because it really matters to that. Yeah. So this can include the appearance of selfing. It's no big deal. But this cannot include the fact of that. It just can't. Because it immediately, at least from this point of view, immediately negates any relevance this has. Yeah? This doesn't do it. This just does it to itself. This just allows the selfing to go on. It doesn't matter, because it's it doesn't matter. It's just the way things are going here. Yeah? But there's a scene that's not affected by all the shenanigans. When you're living from the shenanigans, you're blocked off from that I, that sense. 
And that's what I feel we're dying from. A seeming death, yeah? But it seems real to us because we've been blocked off from that sunlight of the Spirit, in a sense. It's sort of like here. If there was sunlight outside where there is, and we're in a room, let's say the room is going to uh, represent the body, yeah? So the mind has made up this little room to give it sense of meaning, and this is the meaning. This is Paul, and this is his life. And so I'm living in this room called my world, and there's the light outside. But there's the only way I can get to the light is through a window, yeah? And that window has a like five-cent paper shade. And in this position, that five-cent paper shade can block me off from the sunlight of the Spirit. No matter how powerful that light is and this and that, the way my mind has defined the situation, I'm separate from that light. I need to have the light. It may even be denying that. Maybe I need to have the light, but I'm separate from it, and something's blocking me off from it, yeah? So I'm going to have to do and do a lot and have a lot to get there to have somehow either get a savior or find a method to let that shade go up so some sunlight can come in. That's one point of view. The other point of view is you're not this. And then if you're not this, you may just find out that you're on the side of the sun. And so now you're seeing the shade, but the shade doesn't have the ability to stop you from the sunlight of the spirit because you're on the side of the sunlight. Yeah? But nothing's changed. There's the house. There's where you thought you were sitting. There's the shade. But you just there's been a shift of where you're looking at it from. Just like if you was the clouds. The clouds are there. You want a suntan. You're trying to catch get to catch some some rays, and the clouds just keep blocking the sunlight from you. So you're not getting what you want. The sunlight isn't affecting your skin color and everything like that. Yeah. But what would happen if you weren't this body idea? Maybe you're on the side of the sun, side of the clouds, sun. Then you're seeing the clouds also, but they're not blocking you from the sun because you're seeing them from the sun side. The clouds are still seen, yeah. They're still going on, but their power or their ability to influence is greatly diminished. They're not. They cannot, nor could they ever block you off from the sunlight of the spirit because you are on the side of the sunlight. Yeah. That's what it's like. When you're in this position, you need saviors. You're in this position, you need a lot of help. In this position, you got to pray that something moves that shade up. Yeah. When the shade goes up, there's always the fear that something's going to pull it down. Why? Because it has. Things have happened where you get a little sun and it goes down. So the fear isn't unfounded in the logical system of the crazy mind. It makes a lot of sense why you're afraid, because things haven't worked out. Yeah. Try to talk yourself out of that. When you have evidence that things haven't gone that well in your life, they keep saying, they're going to go well, they're going to go well. It's very difficult to override that logic. But they haven't gone well. In this sense, you're not in that certain dependent situation. You're on the side of the light. Yes? Nothing has to change, but everything's changed. The meaning of everything has changed, not based on the thing changing, but on your position. Voila! Nothing needs to change, but the meaning of the things have changed, not by themselves, the things, but by your position. Your position has changed, now the meaning everything has has changed. That mean, that had the meaning of being able to block me off from what I needed. Now you see that's ludicrous. It's impossible. This gives the meaning that maybe one day I'll find it. Hey, it's here. 
The other one, oh, if I just find the right techniques and practice vigilant, hey, I can't leave this space. Where I go, there I am. Uh, this way, I've got to learn how to get more into that mythical moment I want to be in. Hey, I can't be out of a moment. This space, I've got to get out of this crazy self. Hey, it's impossible I could be in a self. Which is faster? Which is faster? The best technique to get out of a place or realize there isn't any place to get out of? Much faster. There isn't any place to get out of. How much do you need to do to get out of an imaginary place? <laughs> Nothing. All you got to do is recognize you're not in it. Yeah. But we're recognizing we're in it, which is the disease, which is the distortion, and then we're trying to get out of something we're not in. That's why it doesn't succeed. That's why every solution leads you to here. You're still looking for a solution. I'm still looking for solutions because they haven't actually worked. If you really found a solution that was worth its salt, that really lived up to the definition, it would the problem would not exist for you anymore. That would be a fucking valuable, valid solution. But every solution that just sort of keeps feeding the, rel- the, the relativity, the relevance of the problem isn't to me a solution anymore. But don't you always come back to it? Um, to the scene? Only when I notice But do you always come back to it? Uh, when I notice that I'm not there. It, it, it's only exactly. Yeah. So therefore, in a sense, in a way, you've never left it. That's what you entertain. It can't be based on your mental's convinc- uh, affirmation or denial of what's going on. Because it's always going to say you're closer or farther away. That's the mental activity. It's sort of like if there was a, 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 a pot of water, a big giant tub of water, and you put a little ball on top, like a plastic buoy, and you painted your little face on that buoy, and then the water was moving back and forth, which is the dualistic spring of this manifestation, yes? Yes and no, high and low, dark and bright, and this and that. And so then there would be a movement in this tub. And the ball would go with the movement this way and go with that way. Yes? Go this way and go that way. And the story would track it's going this way. I'm getting closer to where I want to go. Oh, suddenly the adjective, oh, I'm far away, this and that. But has it left the tub? Has it gone anywhere? If it's sort of the bigger picture, it hasn't moved whatsoever. There's been a lot of movement, but it hasn't moved at all. It's still in the water. It's never left the water. Yeah? It's just that this, it felt like this mental movement this way. I felt, um, how can I stay here? That here is now over there. (laughs) I'm out of it, so how can I stay here? And then suddenly you go back there. Where was I just in this then? Yeah? The point is, you never left that space. The scene, you saw that you weren't there. Yeah? There was a seeing that you were somewhere else called not there, yeah? 
And then it's a scene that when you are there, what's the one constant? It's like the water in the in the tub is the scene. You're never leaving that dynamic. You have never your mind can't breach that wall. There's no you can't there's no fence that's that can that's that uh, defines the scene. Yeah? All this movement is just movement, but in a sense nothing's ever happened. You're still it's sort of like the wave in the ocean, you know? Let's say there's a wave and there's identification. So the wave has separated itself seemingly from the ocean. It takes itself to be a wave. And it can take itself to be a wave so extremely that it thinks it's dry. You know, it's fucking, I'm dying. To, you know, I gotta find some water. And, and here it is. It's, it's, it's in the ocean, as the ocean, but it's taking itself to be a wave. So now, the only way it can know the ocean as it's an experience as a wave. So it wants to have an experience, the deepest experience it can have as an ocean, right, of the ocean, but as a wave, which is a very limited experience. Yeah? Like, like Ramana Maharshi said, to know God is to be God. Yeah? So when you know yourself not as the wave, you are the ocean. So here, we're not trying to say, oh, here's where the ocean is. You should stay at the ocean. How to learn how to stay at the ocean. We're just questioning, are you that wave? If you're not that wave, what happens? You have an ocean awakening. Because you have always been and always are going to be that ocean. So it just goes like this. It doesn't have to, and as soon as it hits that it's the ocean, does it want to become the ocean anymore? No. It puts that down. That's slow time. Yeah? It is the ocean. And it always was the ocean, and it always will be the ocean. Yeah? And so when the other waves come up, and you form as a wave again, and the habit is, oh, I'm a wave, you know? But then it crashes back, but I'm the ocean again. Oh, I'm a wave, and it has a little time being a wave, and it creates a lot of havoc, and you're like, oh, I'm dry, and suddenly you're the ocean again. Inevitably, whatever arises goes back, yeah? Why not just get it? And then you'll ride easy with all the movements of thinking you're out of it, and this and that. You'll have an equilibrium you never had before. Because you'll have entertained the absolute that I've never gone anywhere. All of the shenanigans I've done, if I went to my hometown where I did the most heinous acts, you wouldn't see it in the space where I did them. There's no ledger in the space where that activity happened. If I came here, you know, we did. We used to do it with the chair. I don't know. Remember, I used to do the chair and done that a lot. So here's the chair. Very important. This chair, 40 years. A lot of important asses have sat in this chair. <laughs> Hopefully one of them is mine. So here we are. And everyone, you know, very important chair. This and that. Everyone can see the chair, right? If I'm out of it, you can see the chair. Now let's say I moved the chair. Did it take, did you see the emptiness that was, that the chair was taking up? In other words, here's the space, and but then there's the chair. Right? So the chair is this, and then there's space here and here. Now, when I move, remove this, I have to have a certain space formed exactly like this chair to put it in, or you'll see the real truth. Yeah? Yeah? No. This chair is appearing in space. It's appearing in space. When I take this, take this away, this, if this, this, if space had a weight, it wouldn't have lost any weight if I moved this, or wouldn't gain any weight if something rushed back in, yeah? Because this isn't real. It's appearing in the space. Yeah? 
If I remove it, it's like you can't see it. The only way you can think it's there is by remembering it. That's what's happening with selfies. Yes? If I remove it, the only way you know it's there is by remembering it. You're not seeing it anymore. Are you? It can't validate itself because there's no chair. It's an idea now in my head. I remember it. Now the chair has some value and some meaning. What's the difference between this chair and this object? If I get up and walk out of the room, the only way you can picture me is remembering me. You're not seeing me anymore, are you? Yeah? And did I, did you have to have like a six foot two piece of thin space waiting to rush in and take this place that I'm in as if I'm something real and then there's space. And does space start here? You know, with this big space and really incredible how it can like an accordion. I can move this and it fills it so fast I never see the absence of the space. It's just, whoa, it's fucking unbelievable how quick it is. You know, or in here, between here. And I stop here, you know. I'm, I'm stuffed in behind the cheekbone and then I don't know what all this is and then there's you. Yeah? Come on. This is an appearance in space. Yeah? This is an appearance. It's going to pass away. But is the space still going to be here? Yes. Yeah. Has the space been affected by this appearance? No. How can I punch the space? The chair, when I move the chair, it will lose. It will leave effects on the other things, like this, this floor. Maybe it brushed up against the wall, marked it. But in the space, does it leave any marks? Does the space tell you that there was a chair here? No. It's as if nothing ever happened in the spaces. Yeah. Same, same as this. All my big machinations and how important I've done and all the hearts I've broken and all the people that broke my heart and all this and all that are like, after all said and done. Going to go away and there's still going to be the exact same space that was there before I appeared and after this ends. Yeah. Why not entertain that now? Maybe it will be like a great leavening agent so you can travel later. Yeah. Forget about the awakening and the enlightenment. You just want to feel comfortable now, really. You just want to feel comfortable in your own skin and with other situations and people. You really would. You'd give all the world for that if you could just chill out. If you could just put the rock down and walk away and not take it back up. You would give the world for it. Yeah. And it's not asking that. It's just asking a simple thing. Entertain the possibility if it reveals itself, honor it. You know, honor it. How do you honor it? By entertaining it. Yeah, entertaining it. It'll, it's a very attractive no thing to entertain. It's sort of like looking infinitely because you never run into anything. So the seeing never stops. Because it doesn't run into a thing to be seen. It's just infinitely gazing in a sense. Yeah. It's like an internal stare, so to speak. You're just looking out and it, it never ends. You know, you just, you're on and it never ends. And then things appear and you get engaged as it or with it or around it. And those dissipate. I wouldn't imagine how many things have moved into the space that we are. How many things in it have appeared in, even in our own lives? How many people, how many situations, how many animals, how many insects, how many flowers, how many blades of grass, 
how many things have arisen around us all this time, you know? How many? Billions and billions of expressions, and they come and go, and this is just one of them. Yet, are we that? In a sense, we get the joy of living that, and yet we get the relief of not being it. It's not, you know, it's not one or the other. They're both available. This isn't like a like a crown of thorns you're walking with all your life. This is an incredible expression. I mean, sense the camaraderie you have and the belonging you have with other people. There's a lot of love and beauty you see in people, you know? And you see incredibly generous acts and you get to see a baby who's just so wide awake because they have, the selfie hasn't formed yet. All this is occurring all day. Tons of millions of different views of different things all day, you know? getting scoffed at. It's like when you're a kid, you know, you, you see a kid and uh, let's say you hide behind a corner and then you jump out and you scare them and they laugh. You can do it like 40 times and they'll keep laughing. You know, or a Labrador, you take it to the beach and you throw the ball once and your arm's falling off and it's still, it's flapping its tail just like it did the first time after 800 throws. That's why that guy made so much money with those things. <laughs> because you dogs like rubber, your dog is just so engaged and so happy. Yeah. Then an adult, you know, something happens. It's really cool. Then the next time it happens, oh, I know that. They're bored. Look at the mind. You know, the mind. The, the mind is it's gotten so contracted in this petri dish of self-centeredness. Where did the wonder and awe go that we had when we were kids? You know, where does that all? Where are those possibilities that would like? Uh, cause you to smile all day when you were a little kid. You know, all those things. They're not gone. They're there. They're in their potentials. But the mind has to be in a certain condition to start downloading them. And I'm telling you, self-centeredness will make make it like a desert. Yeah? It'll just, what could be really abundant will seem barren. What What's so abundant in and of itself will be replaced by things. You know, tons of accumulation and consuming and more, any way like we consume experiences, you know, just we think the more experience we have, the best experience, let's get the spiritual experiences we're just consuming on every fucking level, experiences, everything thinking that if we get enough it'll make everything okay, it ain't gonna make everything okay, it's a failed formula, <coughs> you know it's the sense of what you are that's causing things to seem barren, you're the bringer of the scarcity in your life, yeah that idea, living as that dry well, that's meant to give water. You're expecting water to be given to you all day. Yeah? But that dry well just soaks up whatever water is put in it. Yeah? This is a different way of looking at things. Yeah. We can just, you know, get absorbed in the the little, all the little trees we plant and miss the forest, or, you know, we can give up ownership and claiming to be the proprietor and the shepherd and the landscaper, and then 
marvel at the, you know, the garden, basically. I came from a really intense situation in my life. It's so joyous. I had so many points of, uh, I just can't take, I can't have any more gratitude. This is my clumsy way of trying to echo this uh, profound relief from the bondage of self. You have to see how insane the mind must have been to have to shoot up coke, you know, ten days in a row. Ending up like looking at carpets, trying to find imaginary rocks of cocaine, because of the unbearability. I always get excited when people recover, you know. I really like to see them. this Kleenex for you. Any more questions? long sessions are dangerous to me. (laughs) They bring me to some
interesting places. You already talked about heart, and this is, I guess, what he's saying, that we, we see heart, we experience heart right now, we really the <laughs> Sometimes just like the laughing, you know. It comes from the same source. The laughing comes more often, but the sadness definitely from the same place. Because this is the way the place is. It's, it's really incredibly funny in some ways and so incredibly devastating, you know, this where pretty incredible. That's the swing of duality here, the expression. You can be in hell, and it's as real as real can be, and then you can be lifted out of it, and there's no you, but the mind is there in both aspects. And it remembers, and uh, it produces a really lovely jewel called gratitude. Very hard to acquire. (laughs) Not on the open market. It's got to be produced from your own little mind, usually. But it's a really beautiful jewel. You can see the suffering, you know. Almost has a form to touch it. Too much that it just breaks through, you know, sometimes. So, you know, I came out of that, and then, you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And then I heard this message, and this was like the crowning jewel of that reading, and I just couldn't believe, you know, that uh, that, that wasn't so. That it was just an appearance. And the power of mind can make it seem so real. 
that same power can make what doesn't seem real to be real. And it's got to leg up because it is real. You know? The open is Israel. The, uh, such a much easier swap the way the peace and serenity than the hell with the suffering. They're both entertained, you know. Every talk that I participate in, I listen to, you know, has an effect on me. I don't listen to the words, it's more of a download of something, but I've recognized it for a long time, but so, but sometimes it uh, takes me either to like joy and elation and laughing or like uh, deep sadness. It's the same, same spot, same space. <laughs> you dive in when you come back out and when you shake it off it's of it's help to people so, there you go yeah no, I'm, just, I'm just referring to, to what you were saying and to your experience right now because it, it seems to me always that if I um, if I experience gratitude I'm, I'm always experiencing it with tears and it was it has been always a demonstrated to me that it's happening in that way. Um, so um, this is something new in your teachings because when you were talking always about uh, travel in the light way, it, it was always that one side of you know you, it would be light, it would be happy, it would be joyful. And now you you brought to 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 that experience something completely new. Well, you can't ever separate the two. They're the same thing. They both are... Uh, Part of the dream. Yeah, they all... They, they have their... I love sadness in a lot of ways. It's a very rich sense. You know? It's got a real rich flavor. It was just getting towards a cathodic event which I didn't want to happen. <laughs> this may not have been appropriate here. <laughs> I may have it allowed to happen later, but not now. <laughs> put a clamp on it. <laughs> too much. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, it's not just it's not. But this year, you're traveling lighter through this. If I was traveling through heavy to this, it would have been shut off. My mind would have shot the whole thing down, flipped out, and disassociated, and done something. But it's becoming much deeper. Huh? It's becoming much deeper because of this part which you know. Exactly. It's the whole point. You allow it to be and then it reveals something. You know, it's great. Everything's like that. How can you meet something or know something unless you allow it to be? <laughs> if you're constantly under constraints, you're never going to see anything. You're just going to know things and that's not seeing them. You won't. It's just a fucking idea you have. So, yeah. But I never get, I never sign up for anything. This just takes me. <laughs> I had no idea it was going to trigger until it triggered. That's the whole point. That's how you, it's called, that's how you live, finding out, you know? But it was, ta- you know, it just takes you somewhere and you get, you get touched and then something translates in you. Yeah? And that will now reverberate for months in my life. That's what happens. 
That's what fine gel does. Fine gel downloads and then it reverberates for months. It's like a slow breaking wave. And then you see sort of what got triggered by the event, by what's happened. Like you were sharing earlier. That's what happens. You find out. So something initiates something and probably shit will be taken out of this me that isn't serving the purpose anymore. It's like a giant washing goes on. Yeah? Way it goes. And, uh, so then you get thirty other people get to see it, <laughs> and maybe hear it on the. What was he doing those few minutes? <laughs> we have to edit the, the tape. <laughs> I got to edit today. All right, okay. that's enough. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to go any farther. No, the souffle is finished. It's cooked. Yeah. <laughs> no, just enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> don't kill the messenger. <laughs> I gotta go watch something really mundane, like a movie. <laughs> Eat something heavy, like beef or something. <laughs> Practices are about getting out of here. They're about being here. <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> you got to go into the temple, not to go too abstract. <laughs> this is the real temple, living outside. That's like a refuge. <laughs> this is the this is the real place here. <laughs> it's safe in there. This is this is the unknown. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for having me tonight. We'll be at it tomorrow. Be easy on me. <laughs>